Hello and welcome back to Podcasting as Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. I'm Rob, mine are he and him. And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are also he and him. Yeah, we're it's back. a full cast to get today. Everybody's yeah, here. Rob, yeah. Rob has returned yeah. from Britain. Rob, did you get I anything have... nice in Britain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for our listeners, uh, uh, Britain blessed me with, uh, with the The ability to do your pronouns in one take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been, he's been to the walk aisles, so of course he's picked up all yeah. these walk practices, right? I mean, I, I could do my pronouns now, but I can't taste them. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a wash as far as I'm concerned. Please do not lick the pronouns. <laughs> Look, I think it's very important that you learn to explore your own pronouns in whatever way makes you happy. So long as it's not in Starfield, uh, according to that one guy. <laughs> yeah. He came up on a piece at home earlier, but I'm going to do the joke again here now and call him Normal Island Dizzy because I'm really proud of that one. <laughs> yep. Yeah, if you have no idea what we're on about, maybe you suggest you join us at Patreon.com for us practice cast yeah. and get on the Discord. Join our Discord and uh, see all the fucking cursed shit that people post. Yeah. When they repeatedly refuse the advice that they should not read from the book. Mm. <laughs> advice that we too do not heed, so, you know, it's only fair. But um, It's more advisory yeah. than anything else. Yeah. yeah. Well, on the subject how to, advice works, yeah. On the subject of Starfield before... <laughs> You speak for yourself. I've consolidated all of my curse shit into one weekly podcast. So. <laughs> Digestible format. Well, sort of. Um, before we move on from Starfield, just a really quick note. Did you see there's a wonderful bug in it which like stops you firing your gun? And the solution to it is to change your gender? I mean, to be fair, I don't think I've met a single trans woman who knows less about guns than I do, so that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm trans women to say the Starfield devs. That, I mean, that is that is honestly one of the most impressive bugs I've ever fucking heard of. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. Bethesda. From a like technical they said, standpoint, it's like there's so many weird fucking hoops that have to have happened for that to yeah, be a I thing. Think, yeah. I think the worst bug with, with Starfield, though, is that when you boot it up, you end up playing a fucking Bethesda game. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> this is the, the wonderful thing about it is we were saying before it's released. Oh, it's the least buggy, it's the most polished Bethesda game ever. And it's like damning with faint praise if ever I fucking heard it. It's not cyberpunk. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The only only thing that can stop a bad guy with a pronoun is a good guy with a pronoun. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, like fucking Starfield looks shit. You should all play Baldur's Gate instead. Yeah. I second that motion. The, I've not the spake Bal- the uh, the five E hater extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've not played either of them, and it's obvious that Starfield has just warmed up Skyrim in space. And I like, don't even know, you know what a Starfield is, and I refuse to learn. So you know, it'd be it's like that cat that likes lasagna and hates Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Bill Murray. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, right, well, that it. <laughs> that yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've got the golf system. We've got the golf field out of our system. I'm just, I'm just waiting for Rob to just lead us into the first bit. <laughs> I was waiting, <laughs> but I was waiting for you to do it. Uh, <laughs> 
Now, I wanted to begin uh, tonight's episode on a more somber note. Um, it's It's been just over two years since uh, Keir Starmer personally assassinated Geronimo the alpaca. You know, <laughs> RIP forever in our hearts. Yeah. But I... No evidence has yet been presented about whether the alpaca had tu tuberculosis, nor where his actual murder took place. We are still unsure of where Geronimo was slaughtered for no reason whatsoever. I mean, there was a, there was a reason, though. It was a bloodlust of Kiyostama, clearly. Yeah, we know where he was murdered. He was murdered in Britain, because that's where we do that shit. You should have left that music on. Just... Just have we the podcast should be soundtracked, I think. <laughs> That's a terrifying thought. Don't do that. You know but, that the edits are already hard enough. Oh, we we need to do, do foley know, work for the podcast. <laughs> Not again. Do you know what was do you know what was incredible, right? Like obviously you, you you're a fucking huge square, so you turned off Discord like fucking drops on our server. Yeah. When I when I went into the fucking voice chat for Peace at Home, played a fucking air horn noise, and I was cinema was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "I forgot I turned that on." I love how David being concerned to the fundamental structure of our reality is, you know, cast as him being a huge square. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but yeah, yeah just as a brief follow up it. from the. From yeah. the sad demise of uh, of Geronimo, I am pleased to announce that uh, his former owner, uh, Hella McDonald, is currently campaigning for something she calls Geronimo's Law, uh, which is a reform <laughs> of the bovine yes. TV policy. <laughs> yes. And finally, a laws good named law. after people. Yeah, laws <laughs> named after people never work out. We've never tried an alpaca before. No, this David. Yeah. This is going to be the first good one that's named after a person, or a, or an <laughs> alpaca, I guess. You guess. <laughs> you know what? This being Britain, right, they'll bring back hanging, but just for alpacas, um, not understanding that it's actually incredibly hard to hang an alpaca. So, yeah, great. Let's go for it. How hard can it be to build a higher scaffold? Yeah, expand on that. Okay, so alpacas... Gen this it's is very hard true. to miss the neck. There's a no, lot more of it. Yeah, there's quite a lot of it, yeah. So alpacas' necks are genuinely like they've evolved. One of the to be um, very good. one of the main things they eat is scaffolding pipes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've evolved to resist like restriction of their necks and, in particular, cuts to their necks as well. Um, like genuinely, they've evolved to be. Uh, imagine you know, being the guy who found that, that out. Yeah. Well, no, they found it out because back why won't this day, motherfucking alpaca die? We keep hanging the prick. It's not just it's not just hanging. Back in the day, they tried to bleed them like you would like a sheep or something like that, and it just wouldn't fucking work. And um, yeah, like it's cultural knowledge, oh, right? Got, no, you can't you, you can't do that with alpacas. Got that easily. slashing resistant alpaca, you know? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Resistance five against slashing and constriction. Weakness against Kiyostama, I mean, I think, Jamie, are you as bored as gate pilled as I am now? Like, yeah, yeah, they all know level two cleric spells. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, you know I just wanted to to, to mark the passing of uh, of one of Britain's most beloved creatures. Um, what, but yeah, the dog from the Churchill into... insurance ads. <laughs> <laughs> but sort of sticking vaguely to uh, the countryside, but Britain's it most beloved creatures. My daughter was having a high out from the cupboards in a room and uh, found like a fucking sooty puppet that I've had since I was a kid. 
Oh, yes. So, yeah. So I have become, like, infinitely more annoying to the wife today. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on one hand, the monkey on the other. Yeah. <laughs> Spectin' the jewel wield. <laughs> silent, silent flurry unlocked as a perk. Yeah. No, but if, uh, not, if anyone's, if anyone's never actually tree. had... <laughs> if anyone's never had the joy of having like a suity glove puppet and then like when someone mentions like any any fucking person at all you have the puppet whispering you and you go yeah that's right suity years a fucking prick it's, incre- <laughs> it's an incredibly funny bit and i recommend everyone do it when i was a kid i had a uh fucking zippy like puppet which was fantastic zippy from rainbow if anyone remembers that's just licensed to be a wank yeah, explains all about my personality, frankly. <laughs> I, I find that I, I find that that says very surprising things about your personality because, like, honestly, you're like Zippy's Wario. <laughs> I don't. I, you know what? I, part of me feels like I should be insulted, but I'm actually just intrigued. Go on, Jamie. <laughs> no, that's it. That's the end of the thesis. That's all you get. <laughs> You have to subscribe to his newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's ruined my perfectly nice bridge to the next bit. Uh, but I'm gonna try. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can put Sooty in a hard hat and ask him for any advice. <laughs> he says, "Yeah, that bridge was shit." David, if you have a if you have a squeaky toy drop, now is the time to do it. Yeah, oh, if you no, have I a squeaky don't. toy drop, David, if you ever thought we were getting dogs on the podcast, we might be trying to say I know we're supposed to have contempt for the listener, Fucking but that audio, feels a bit much. Audio Batman over there prepared for every eventuality. <laughs> yeah, if you've been My listening carefully, you can belt. hear the dog whistle drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, sorry, Rob. What were you going to say? No, I just never mind. <laughs> I do yeah, have no. a page of dog whistles, but it's mostly Keir Starmer stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to uh, revert us briefly back to to the countryside uh, while we're talking about Gerardo by the alpaca because things have gone slightly more um, alpaca. And, oh, Jesus fucking Christ! Really, really fishing out wreckage from this river, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, Jesus Christ. All right, let me... Ch- uh. We used to be a real podcast. <laughs> Fucking Alec Guinness on the banks of the River Kwai. Ah, <laughs> oh, welcome back, Rob. Haven't you missed us? <laughs> David, do you have that whistling drop for me? <laughs> Not handy, no. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, let me try it again. Now, sort of returning back to, to the countryside, but a slightly more Mad Max faction, uh, I want to take you to uh, the genteel new forest village uh, of Lindhurst, according to The Guardian. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, what if the doof wagon the... was pulled by a tractor? Yes, where, where, the, <laughs> where the citizens are driving the doof wagon, uh, because apparently that particular village plus a neighbor... A guy one... hanging from fucking bungee cords playing a jug. <laughs> <laughs> 
Are they, uh, are they billet town or are they with the oil refinery given you said fa uh, countryside faction? Full metal boars dancing, yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, no, apparently that's the village with like the most unsolved burglaries in the country i imagine by head of population or something so instead mm -hmm. of calling 999 or whatever it is you used to call the emergencies in in the uk um uh they are they are now doing the following details of crimes possible suspects and evidence are exchanged on village whatsapp groups private social media groups routinely share alerts of suspicious people a f new uh -huh. forest crime watch facebook group has sixteen thousand members almost half the population of the entire national park uh -huh. so they they might as well just put up a sign saying like you know travelers and others not welcome here like you know let's just cut to the chase yeah, the, the sundown new forest. It, it's not, it doesn't quite have the same ring, but uh, it is... The sun is always setting on the new forest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're even like offering bounties for shit that gets stolen. Um, there was a... <laughs> There's nothing new uh, under the fucking sun. Dog is spinning in his grave right now. Do you know, right, this, is, this is literally what existed before the formation of the police. Like... You know, they, they, they literally had that whole thing where you essentially would offer bounties and then you'd get investigators would come along that would offer to find your thing. And then this over time became formalized as the, as the police. And then people realized that, oh, these investigators, the police, they're actually working with the criminals to get someone to steal something. And then they split the bounty after they get the goods back. Like, you know, nothing is new. Absolutely. James, nothing James, is new will you sun. stop giving the game away on, on our new money making scheme? <laughs> <laughs> see i'm just loving it's a guy it. covered in fucking toilet paper turning up to investigate who left the fence gate open <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so apparently uh according to to the article um like two very expensive like pottery plates got stolen uh which were worth like 750 quid together oh, so please, was it really diana sure. was it a diana one Please tell me it's a Diana one. <laughs> no, it's, it's, like some is, it's really important to me. <laughs> I mean, on the other hand, if you have if you have large plates with Prince Andrew, like DM me and I might buy them off you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uppers, downers, screamers, laughers. <laughs> uh, desperate for justice, the owner didn't turn to the police. Instead, the shopkeeper took matters into her own hands. A Facebook campaign demanding the pottery's whereabouts, combined worth of £750, gained traction. Two days later, the plates were returned. Wow, so uh, more, so more successful than any fucking change.org thing that John McDonald's done then. <laughs> <laughs> The the shop owner continued, The police only wanted to look into it after we had located them through our own efforts. We declined their help. Which that does, like, the most old brand thing, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why there's so much fucking, like, YouTube content of a guy uh, tracks down his stolen bike, phone, house, whatever, um, through the, like, find, <laughs> find, my, find my stolen property app, and then, you know, carpet bombs the house and takes their, their stolen thing back. It's like... <laughs> The cops just don't give a shit, and like, yeah, I get. I mean, like, this is, this is more than they're gonna do. So, like, I do understand why they're doing it. 
Yeah, and I mean, I really look forward to like isolated rural communities, like sort of becoming law and order towns again off their own bat. I can't see that, you know, working out poorly for anybody who lives there. But I also have good news, uh, specifically for the for the good people of Scunthorpe. You know, for, for <laughs> this one goes out. We to finally all solved the Scunthorpe, Scunthorpe problem. <laughs> We have compromised Scunthorpe to a permanent end. Um, yes. Yeah, by putting an O in there. <laughs> Scunthorpe. <laughs> I just, I just like the way that Scunthorpe would sound. To be honest. <laughs> um, now this is uh, uh, from uh, the Mirror by John Stevens, whose like output in the last week has been so bootlicking of Labour that like I'm convinced he's just out for a job with them uh, at this point. That, like, it's good news, because Keir Starmer has pledged that he will use more good, honest British steel in the construction of good, honest British warships. Uh, because currently, they only contain 4% British steel and 96% dirty foreign steel. Mm. <laughs> That's why well, they have I mean, basic like... structural integrity force, so I'm not sure you want to mess with that. Yeah, that, that 4% is the big hole in the side, letting all the water <laughs> out of the engines. <laughs> yeah, is, it, is this steel meant to look like an aero bar? <laughs> uh, no, you, you don't make the warships out of concrete. I'm, I'm afraid to tell you. Um, no, it's, it's not just. Yeah, not it, it's, not just gonna be, um, it's not just going to be. <laughs> it's not just going to be British steel. It's going to be British green steel, apparently. So you know, there's, there's thing upsides going. Um, let me read you a bit from the article, <laughs> Mr. Sutt. When I think about the like the process by which you make new new steel, I'm like, okay, let's see where they go with this. <laughs> Mr. Starmer said he is proud to be British, as the people of this country oh, are pragmatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, the uh, the ability to produce new steel in a in a manner that doesn't emit huge amounts of carbon dioxide into the environment is entirely dependent on the prime minister being a fucking nationalist, essentially. Not not anything to do with the vast someone, amounts of coke. We that, are, like, someone we, needs so to creep we. up behind that cunt and pull the string in his back so he says something fucking different for a change. Oh. You know what <laughs> There's I mean? a snake in his boot. <laughs> I think we my stuff is broken. You pull the string, he goes by spider and says to English. That was great. That was wonderful. That was ASMR to uh, put me to sleep. That was like yeah, perfect I synchronicity. Think I think what you the fucker was saying there. <laughs> we are weeks right, away from him again, seeing David? his pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> Covid makes you much funnier, mate. <laughs> Fuck you. No, it's, it's like killing off his super ego, so his head is just coming through. Uh, temperature update: just... It is now twenty-six degrees in here. <laughs> can, can, can we ask the bet to declare this an official heat madness episode? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, David. You were going to say something. <laughs> We are weeks away from Keir Starmer saying that his pronouns are British and English. <laughs> no, that's right, Sooty. It wasn't worth the wait. <laughs> Where did David go? There's just a smoking crater. <laughs> <sighs> 
Yeah. Who, gave, who gave City the nuclear launch codes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, fucking hell, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Mr. Starmer said he is proud to be British as the people of this country are pragmatic, strategic, and able to get things done. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. My mother, this, this motherfucker just opened like a, a fortune cookie and just read the first thing that came out. Does he like, does he go on British to people fucking... people are strategic fucking helmet. Does he, does he go on and does he use like a fucking magic eight ball that's been cursed by LinkedIn when he's coming up with this shit? Like, how the fuck? I mean, I, this is still it's, about it's like adding like a, a bit more British steel to a warship like we neither want nor need, just, you know, for, for context-wise. But that price... That sounds like astrology for international relations students. <laughs> 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 but he added that pride has to be rooted in government action so if you take defense procurement the government can assure that we have weighed much more heavily in the contract awarding process the benefit to britain of buying more in britain selling more in britain and making more in britain so you know you know I've been, I've been watching a lot of nathan for you lately and there's an episode where he has like three people or four people in like a box car just feeding him stuff to do while he's like talking to like a random guy and that made more sense than whatever the fuck this is <laughs> i mean he does say you know buying more in britain selling more in britain and so on and so forth but you know little side note uh, it might be called british steel but it is owned by the chinese uh Jingye group so you know sw swings and roundabouts i guess um, however, I am pleased to report that this is not the only truly low-grade ass promise made this week by uh, Labour. Bridget Phillips. Yeah, they're going to get Nathan Fielding in to fix the fucking British economy. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> the first credible policy from them. Uh, the yeah, Shadow Education Secretary Bridget Phillipson was also uh, uh, allowed out of the, the torture gate by Rachel Reeves to say that Labour will cut the cost of school uniforms by limiting the number of branded items that parents are forced to buy. <laughs> well, I got. Uh, hey, actually, a really good idea that they've had is by not promising to fix any of the crumbling schools in this country, kids won't have to wear school uniforms. So yeah, but yeah, they could wear them to like you know the uh, the, the the temporary cabins and shit they'll put up. You know, oh like boy. in the emerge in the FEMA tents, they can wear they can they can wear <laughs> the cheaper school uniforms. Sorry, children, we don't have any uh, school uniforms for you, so you're just gonna have to wear this fucking barrel burlap sack. <laughs> <laughs> the new school uniform much cheaper though it is it's like silver lipstick and a, and a giant flamethrowing guitar it's going to be incredible uh, yeah so this is from the independent the, not just, to, just so you're not just so I want to make sure you're not getting any money out of this the party has pledged and this is a Labour pledge and they're worth a lot so you know, <laughs> you know gra <laughs> grab your pen and paper write them down the party has pledged to strengthen existing, existing statutory guidance in an effort to reduce the burden on families struggling with the cost of living crisis. So I'm assuming uh -huh. that that's solved now. And if you're wondering wow, what exactly... Th that's such strong language. In strengthen the existing statutory guidance. Mm -mm -mm. Well, that just... I, I, can, I can hear the pounds falling from here. <laughs> Into your pocket, Alistair. Uh, because in, in, in from Kier's mouth into my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Two Kier's, one wallet. Um, 
Uh, it, because from now on, the strengthened existing statutory guidance will be that you may that schools may only charge for a maximum of three branded school uniform items, as well as a PE kit, but no more. So no more school well branded as. socks, I guess. Yeah, as well. I think it's as well as. It's not quite clear, but I'm going to assume as well what as. What fucking schools have uniformed PE? Right, so we're going to stop here. We're going to, like, take a long, hard look at Kiyostama and the rest of the Shadow Cabinet, and I want to ask you to take another run at that question, David, because this should be very obvious where we're getting this inspiration from. Well, I mean, yeah, but, like, who, who would that affect? It doesn't make any... Unless... But they're not going to turn around and say, and you must have uniform PE, because that would be a policy. I mean, no. you've got to remember, they're allowed policies, they've just got to be bad ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can we can briefly go through the uh, uh, reshuffle stuff. The only thing I would say is that it's incredibly funny that they managed to eliminate Lisa Nandy. Uh, you know, <laughs> RIP. <laughs> Spend more time at the towns. Although I think she's now... State sec like something for uh, uh, international development, like the ministry that no longer exists. So she's just yeah, kind of like hanging yeah, around, I guess. She's a she's a minister of state in the. Well, she's a shadow minister of state, obviously, because <laughs> she's not a real fucking politician, um, in the foreign office. So yeah, it's just it's kids' table shit. But she still gets to attend cabinet, like it's some sort of way. Yeah, she still gets table. to go to the model UN. Yeah, <laughs> they've kept her high chair. It's all good. <laughs> and of course um uh maybe this is my sort of ongoing interest they are labor are continuing the proud tradition of just like shuffling any any random person into defra because it's now steve reed who is just like a fucking ape in a suit so far, so far as i know and has no connection at all with the environment so i look forward to you know the manifold crises in our water systems not being fixed by steve reed because he can't do that sort of thing Oh, well, and he can't the, do that as a shadow minister anyway, so... No, that's true. Um, well, first they have to win power, David. That's why it's so important. Um, uh, and of it's course, the recurring jokes warm... I really like on this podcast. <laughs> Abe Warm, welcome back to Liz fucking Kendall, computer user extraordinaire. You know, fi <laughs> finally She's finally figured out how to log on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just everything you expect. Like, let's not spend more time on it. It's just, it's just the usual dog shit, and it's just like yeah, whatever. Just, people... just imagine something really bad happening, and then we can move on to the next section. Recompiling the candle. I actually, before we move on to the next <laughs> section, can I give a very brief update on last week's story? Uh, sure. Yes. So uh, last week we talked about SAG-AFTRA and the WGA. Um, after we recorded, it was announced that SAG-AFTRA are gearing up for a possible strike against the video game industry. Um, the board nice. of SAG-AFTRA. Hopefully, a tactical have... one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, they've basically turned to the members and they've issued a strike uh, ballot so it'll be interesting to see what the return on that is but the general mood from what i've been able to find out is that they feel even worse towards the video game industry than they do towards hollywood which is saying something so uh yeah look forward to that I exciting think, expansion i don't think i don't think that's actually saying much considering um at least at least me and jamie have always been saying that the uh the video games industry must be destroyed yeah well, it SAG, absolutely must. SAG after are apparently going to attempt to do it. Uh, not really, but yeah, they are. It looks very likely they will go on strike. We'll see. Um, and that's it. That's just a little update. It just it seems like a nice little thing to tack on. Yeah. So, you know, I hope they they burn the video industry, uh, games industry down to the ground. And, I hope you they know, raise, it raise it to the ground and sort the earth. 
Yeah, yeah. sent salt <laughs> to, you, to, to the ground, yes. Uh, Amen. Anyway, so for our main topic tonight, uh, I just wanted to declare up front that uh, I'm not obsessed with briefcase supreme set pain. You are. Um, oh, it's not my fault. <laughs> I mean, to be, to be fair, Seb Payne is the kind of guy that looks like, uh, you know, something that Jamie's Jamie's kid fished out the uh, out the cupboard. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, not unlike leveling up, some of like the the, the weaker, uh, non insane like fifty minute city Tories have noticed that um, more bad things are happening out there in the country, and they have. Or at least a think tank that sort of vaguely aligned to them uh, ha- has discovered that a, a startling truth: um, young people aren't very happy. They're, 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 young they're people, not doing despite well. our best efforts, continue to exist. <laughs> Uh, apparently, and, and stop me if, if this all sounds familiar, uh, they're let down by the education system. They have very bad mental health and they don't really feel like they belong in their community or to their nation, uh, bro- broadly speaking. Oh, we, keep, we keep saying to them and they keep, and they, for some reason they feel this way. Do you know, it's kind of funny because let's pause a second. The, the things they flagged up there are, oh yeah, they are, they're not doing well in school to become good workers. Um, they don't. They're not nationalists. They don't really kind of fit there, and their mental health is too poor for them to be workers. That's the extent of their concern. Like that's how it actually manifests. Cool. Love it. Also that's that. what it takes so, to notice. So, like some of them, again, this, this the onward think tank have gathered under the banner of uh, Seb Payne and uh, proposed a what I could only charitably call a re 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 introduction of national service. Uh, this time, the kids are too great. gay. Let's let's send them to war to toughen them up. Exactly. There's there's too many genders. Um, this time, yeah. it's called the Great British National Service, uh, and I am probably like the only one of six people who's read the entire thing. And I thought I thought we should talk about it. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, I should. I, I say, by the way, onward. I should stress that this is a co-production, uh, together with the um, not at all eerily named Jubilee Center for Character and Virtues. Oh, oh <laughs> boy! I really fucking wish that the writer strike applied to these cunts as well. Yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, it which does. Is some, that could be why it's so on the nose. Which, hmm. which is somehow attached to, like, I think the University of Birmingham. I don't understand how. Like, I, I was poking around a bit on their website. Yeah, the, the really Keep Britain out. White Coalition, for some reason, has a problem with all the kids today. And <laughs> the bloodlines, they, they don't, don't you know? They, they, <laughs> well, they don't really wear, the, like, their, their sort of hardcore Toryism on their sleeve, but, like, the, the director of the... Part of the fact the, that Seb uh, Payne is, uh, is the selected yeah, candidate is, for some yeah. fucking um, seat. But they just wear it on does, the side of their helmet. Well, their chair does keep... <laughs> publishing like articles lacking the the uh like bemoaning the lack of catholicism in schools i assume uh and he's working on a piece about the uh, trojan horse schools affair so i'm looking forward to reading uh, something about- oh have they yeah. finally come up with an answer that isn't just ignoring it um <laughs> uh, so if you're wondering well why should we have a national service again and i i, I know you and all so of we you can out there- train people to shoot um <laughs> 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 uh, Here's from the introduction. Uh, The idea of national service can sound nostalgic. It might call to a bygone era of conscription and compulsion when young people had few prospects and limited horizons, you know, unlike now. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, bring that back. (laughs) What, fewer prospects and limited horizons or conscription and compulsion? Yeah, that'll be... (laughs) No, few (laughs) prospects and limited horizons. That'll be a novel thing. 
Yeah. yeah. But National Surface, David, is at its core about a shared experience. Whether military or civic, it is about a cohort uh-huh. of future citizens participating in a collective right of... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck you, now. Like Tom Clancy's future citizen. <laughs> How do you become a future citizen? Well, funnily enough, the guy who voiced Sam Fisher was also in another, uh, you know, production that answered this question. So, uh, you know, what's the difference between just a citizen and a yeah, civilian? Yeah, it, uh, it was Tristan and his old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, participating in a collective rite of passage in which they learn about each other, develop new skills, and build a sense of purpose. Yeah, they're calling Ac- it service guarantee citizenship. <laughs> uh, across the world, countries are returning, with a V presumably, to the historical idea of national service to face their current challenges. It is time Britain did the same. Uh-huh. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, it's personal story time here. So my dad, huge generational like gap for me. He was born in 1937. He actually did national service, and as a consequence of his national service, he was, you know, he did national service in post-war Germany, and um, it clearly fucked him up. Uh, on the bad side, I assume. Yeah, well. <laughs> 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 Yes, <laughs> like no, he was he was sadly not Soviet at all, but it, it clearly fucked him up, and it was really interesting whenever he'd talk about it because he had that whole British like oh national service it was great salt of the earth dad's army kind of like nonsense, but he also very clearly like was traumatized by it and hated it, and you could tell it fucked him up. And what would happen is he'd start he'd start off with oh it was great for me sort of thing. But after, like, a minute or two, he'd, like, you know, quieten down and stop talking about it. Um, because it was just that actually fucked. And because it I, fucking sucked. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I found out, like, so, you know, just to give it its full context, I did find out later, one night he did get drunk and I asked about it. And it turned out he'd been on a train that had been bombed by, like, basically, you know, stay-behind Nazis behind the, the lines. And he basically watched the rest of his, like, unit or whatever it was get wiped out. Um, and like clearly, you know, no support, no no help whatsoever. He was back carrying a rifle the next day, sort of thing. Um, and what what I kind of got from him is that all these people who have this nostalgia for national service, they're all the ones who were born in like the late forties or whatever, and you know, just didn't absolutely do missed it. it. Yeah, they just they just didn't do it. They just you know. The, the generation before were kind of taught our oh, national service is something to be proud of, so they all said they were proud of it. But then the generation that came after were too lead-poisoned to actually realise that, no, they're all incredibly traumatised by it and hated it. And, you know, they, they're just repeating the line. That doesn't mean that they actually mean it. So Yeah. Who, who knew that boomers had the capacity to, like, you know, imagine that things in a past they never lived through were better for everyone? Mm. Well, I mean, I think you're all... One of my favourite... One of my favourite artefacts of British television, um, not to say that it's good in any way, shape or form, but it was the series Bad Lads Army. I don't know if any of you have ever seen that. It was no, just a reality, t- it was a reality show thing where they took a bunch of ne'er-do-well fucking young adults and uh-huh. pressed them into fake national service with a bunch of actually serving or recently retired army guys who took okay. the opportunity to go, oh, I can pretend it's the 50s, I can get away with absolute fucking misery it's insane it's it's wild watching um and it's all on youtube if you feel so inclined 
<laughs> I do not feel so inclined. No, no, okay, no, you, you, you need to be on your sales it's, page. It's a very good window into what the British psyche unironically believes is good. Yeah, but mm. I mean, I think all of you are being being very negative about this idea of reintroducing um, national service because the report, in, in by, this is the introduction. This is like the primary sales page to like the the, the 10 people who are going to read the exact sum, summary and nothing else. I'd so, see the pitch isn't going that well then. Can I stop you? Can I stop No, please do. No. I, I have a question. Yeah. Am I correct in thinking that the, the sales pitch is not for the young people, it's for, for people who might get to implement the policy decision? Maybe. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> they cite some other countries. Uh, apparently, Denmark has a draft, draft lottery, don't ask, I didn't look into it, uh, which, uh, among other things, caused improved numeracy and literacy skills a mere 10 years after that service was ended. So I assume that the one <laughs> thing has something to do with the other. Um, yeah. There was also uh, um, students who do uh, uh, like uh, university uh, military training in the US, uh, ROTC, I think, as well as British Army veterans have what the report calls increased psychological resilience. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, they fucking don't. Source, I've met them. And a, a desire for more biscuit toppings, I imagine. <laughs> Does that... Does young, does young Sebastian show he's working anywhere? <laughs> I mean, there is a list of, of references, but I can't be fucked to find out. Um, so, and in France, mind you, uh, uh, but back when they still had conscription, they found that conscripted soldiers after their service were more likely to vote. And I think the budget huh. was 7%. For who? Yeah, For who? <laughs> <laughs> Please do not be asking that question. Um <laughs> So the main example they want to follow is, uh, uh, of course, Emmanuel Macron, who reintroduced a, a national universal service uh, or service national universel or SNU or SNU, uh, about which a bunch more, more later. Uh, and they've also done like a whole bunch of, of polling uh, uh, to show that people are really enthusiastic about national service. Yeah, a certain um, sector of society is very, yeah. very passionate about it. And uh... No, the, the, the polling they did was 46% of young people approve, don't ask about the methodology, and only 70% were against. And I assume mm -hmm. that's everybody. Uh, <laughs> then we get, like, a fantastic table. This is, like, the bullet points for, like, if you really can't be asked to read the whole thing, it's, like, five things. And it's, like, <laughs> challenges and recommendations. I'll just give you two of them. Uh, challenge. Young people are unskilled, unhappy, and unmoored. Recommendation. The government should create a new Great British National Service Scheme. This is, this is not a... <laughs> We've identified that there may be some structural problems, so we're building a separate structure to house them all in. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to give too much away uh, uh, of later, David, but uh, there oh, is no. already a National Service Scheme operating in the UK. You just... <laughs> nobody's just signing up for the fucking thing. Um, it was, it was that was that the recruitment for it? Was that a uh, clean for the queen? Was that was that what that was? <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll get to it. Challenge: Previous national service schemes haven't leveraged the full potential of Britain's youth sector. Youth, youth sector. sector. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not young. You are the youth sector. Uh, recommendation: The national service should be saved by bleh, the national should be shaved. service should, should be shaped traditionally. By, yes. 
<laughs> I do know that the acronym for this thing is GBNS, which is inevitably going to be called Gibbons. <laughs> <laughs> so shaved gibbons. Can the rest of you? Can the rest of you? Can the rest of you keep it down? I am trying to like fucking harness my psychic potential. Like <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So uh, uh, the the gibbo news service should be shaped by. Uh, <laughs> Uh, should be saved by an, an advisory board made up of youth sector organizations, employers, and other relevant bodies. So if you're wondering what the direction of this whole thing is going to be about. So it's sort of divided into several sections. The first part is... I love employers youth. on there, though. Yeah. Um, the first part is called Youth in Crisis, and it basically gives a overview of, you know, people who are young are not happy. Um I'm just going to try to... They, they listed on the several several sort of subheadings. They are unskilled, unhappy, and unmoored. Uh, unskilled being... I mean, this is, uh, this is just the fucking uh, guy drowning and getting high-fived meme, right? It's like... Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know... This, this I stuff would simply seems... drown less. <laughs> so this stuff is fairly sort of straightforward. It's nothing that our listeners aren't, you know, familiar with. It's just, uh, you know, uh, uh, absences from school have been increasing, especially since COVID. Um, apparently, and this is something huh. that they are now worried about, only 2% of young people and children have the critical literacy skills to detect fake stories. <laughs> How is this a problem for them? They wanted this. Um, you know, more than one third believe job prospects won't recover from COVID. Uh, lots of there's lots of youth unemployment. There's lots of lost hope, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, while nearly two thirds of young people report that it is hard to get a job these days, some have lost hope entirely. Nearly one in ten young people studying uh, or um, or out of work report that they never intend to start working. <laughs> Those are the cool ones. Um, yeah, 30% of 80 to 24 year olds believe, don't believe that they will ever be able to achieve their career ambitions. I'm like, yeah, I wonder why that is. I wonder what happened yeah, to I the mean, structure the thing, of the British economy. The thing that's admitted here is that career ambitions for like the younger generations amount to things like being able to survive on my income. Yeah, imagine yeah. having career ambitions though. <laughs> I, well, I mean, you know, some people are really drawn to the field of drywalling, uh, Jamie. Um, I mean, Jamie, my, my career ambition is to be left alone, and, like, it's just, you know, each yeah. day is a grind. <laughs> uh, however, this, I think, is the more relevant bit for this report. Uh, employers are also worried about uh, the same thing. Uh, they think that youths don't have the right skills, 40%, followed by previous work experience... Which is nice to ask of like a 60 to 25 year old, what's your yeah. previous job been? Uh, as well as confidence. They're just not, they're not feeling that, you know, the young people have confidence on their zero hour shitty ass job. Um, and it's, it's not just like to? the, uh, apparently, apparently uh, uh, 36%, uh, sorry, 34% of employers think that uh, a lack of confidence is uh, holding British youth back from achieving their full potential in the Amazon warehouse of the future, I guess. Yeah, There's nothing a... gives me confidence. Like, I may not be able to actually eat next week. Yeah, there's this whole thing, like, there's, there's two sides to the confidence thing when it comes to these private businesses, right? Because inevitably they mean one or two things. First one is, oh, these millennials can't talk on the phone. Fuck them. Uh, and the second is, oh, they're not willing to accept, like, really shit 
terms and conditions and let us pull the wool over our eyes because they're able to communicate on social media and see how the game is rigged. Also, fuck them. Like, that, that's yeah, but don't mean. worry about it. Part of the national service is to wean people off their dang phones. Yeah, by getting, yeah. Them, get, yeah, getting them off their dang phones by getting them to make phone calls. <laughs> yeah, but how much more fun is it with a headset on for zero hours? You didn't. <laughs> yeah, you you will learn to sit in a, a windowless room with like four hundred other people the exact same age as you with like five minutes for a break, and then if you don't stop stop speaking on the phone, then you're penalised like several hours of salary. There's also, I mean, you know, we we're a bit of a remove, but I actually have been doing some digging. Apparently, a lot of kids, an awful lot of kids. Um, know fine well that the COVID situation is totally fucked because they're in schools and they're watching it go around and, you know, seeing everyone get fucked up by it, like, continually. Um, yeah, they can even getting... hear about it on good podcasts about people getting fucked from COVID. Yeah, well, so <laughs> it's like the adults are at enough of a remove that they're not seeing the vectors that schools are and not really experiencing it firsthand, but the kids are, and the kids are terrified, and the kids are seeing that there's nothing really being done to protect them. And as they get older, they're getting angrier about it. Yeah, but and so Jamie, that's leading a lot of them. Sorry, James. Sorry, but James, but James, how this, fucking it, dare you? <laughs> <laughs> on, on both our behalves, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're, like, they're genuinely they're like, this is leading them all to be like, no fuck call centre work. I don't want to keep doing this. It's going to kill me. So. Yeah, but but James, it's it's not just about um, uh, like school taught skills, like being in school and doing numeracy and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Apparently, uh, the youth of today is also missing uh, soft skills and character. And this is where the uh, Jubilee Center for Character Study <laughs> uh, kicks back in. What? Uh, the what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the, the thing I was saying. Uh, uh, <gasps> right. Let me read to you a little bit of the report. See, see how much you could stomach. These soft skills fall under the ca category of character virtues. Character is defined by the Jubilee Center for Character and Virtues as a set of personal traits or dispositions that produce specific moral emotions, inform motivation, and guide conduct. Character this education... is a fucking Dungeons and Dragons character sheet. <laughs> character ed <laughs> character like education. The... Character education includes all explicit and implicit educational activities that help young people to develop po positive personal strengths called virtues. There are four main categories of good character: moral, I intellectual, T, and G. <laughs> <laughs> performance and civic. Charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Yeah, we've all been there before. Yeah. Do you know, this honestly sounds like it was written by Calvin's dad's Wario, frankly. <laughs> 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 For students, character can be caught, brackets, by setting priority virtues. Can be caught by being in close proximity to someone with good character already. <laughs> um, or, by, or by capturing the right priority value in your Pokeball, I guess. Um, it can yeah, you have, be to, you have to grind IVs on, on like a, a bunch of fish in the river. Uh Character can also be taught brackets during assemblies. That's that's the that's where you learn your uh, your character, I guess. And it can Fuck also be off. Absolutely, yeah. no, nothing has ever been learned from a fucking school assembly. Get bent, like no oh, the, way. The epitome of things that could have been an email. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but character can also be sought brackets with information with inspirational speakers. <laughs> So if you so, have like what, Ian both sorry, that's the up same and... thing as an assembly. That is a, like today class we're gonna have an inspirational speaker in that you are forced to attend. You must assemble I to listen to I can't think them. of a single time my school got someone in to speak to an assembly 
and it didn't immediately turn out to be one of the worst ideas the school ever fucking had. Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, thinking back to it, uh, I, I remember the first time we had a guest speak, like a guest speaker um, in like, I think it was junior school, and it was a cop telling us not to do drugs, and I thought, huh, doing drugs sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I went to a fucking Catholic school, and they, like, you know, the, the people they had in to give talks were fucking mental, especially, like, you know, a lot of it was sex ed related, um, or it was the priest. So it's like, yeah, okay, great. This is fantastic. Well, at least they separated that out. <laughs> well, no, the, the, there was one time the priest went on this whole thing about how masturbation made you a complete saddle and you shouldn't do it. And uh, what was... Yeah. And uh, what was really Take it funny... from me, the priest. <laughs> yeah, right. What was, really, what was really funny about this is, you know, I was, I was one of these edgy fucking atheists, so I actually was well up on my Catholic doctrine and dogma, so I could argue with them. And this was, like, within a year of the pulpit at the time changing papal, you know, church doctrine to say that actually masturbation was not a sin, it was fine, it was just a sign of a lonely heart. And so here's the priest, like, contradicting, you know, the church's teachings in an assembly to the school. Because... Well, I hope somebody got fired for that plunder. <laughs> yeah, <apparently not>. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, the, the lamest bullshit ever. Um, either that, or it was. Did you get these? Do you guys get these like touring like performance groups that would come in and do like a, yes. a play for the kids to, oh, to, you know, to teach you some hell. lesson? It's I like, have never all... experienced this in my life. Oh, it's a huge oh, grift. Yeah. Like, oh, basically... I just realised. I just realised there was one good assembly we had. There was a nice blind lady that uh, lived in the village, and she brought her very sweet dog in to uh, tell us about what it's like to be blind with a guide dog, and that was very interesting. See, that's actually good. Oh, that's that's good. like, yeah, have exposure to other like ways of living and being in life, like that. That would be an actual good use of assemblies. Yeah, but that, to, what, to... what if you could get that from national service, James? See, when um, <laughs> when the Ben was leaving school, mm-hmm. and we had to go to some like fucking event thing where they were handing out like certificates to kids or some shit yeah. and there was a, a they got they had some guy in and he was like a fucking like rich business guy an entrepreneur mm-hmm. but he you know he, he'd started out local so he was like working class forever and he was there and he was like given this like fucking the worst public speaker i think i've ever been in a room with and he's given this like faltering speech through this anecdote about how time one time he was in africa for reasons he wouldn't go into and um his car his range rover was his range rover got pulled over by um by an armed militia and uh, they held him at gunpoint for half an hour and i was just sat there thinking like jesus if they just had a little more conviction i could have been home by now <laughs> I can't believe uh, you let me down like this, Mugabe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, so uh, like I said, um, uh, they're, they're not, they're, the, the, the the youth of today—that's that's they're, they're they're unskilled. They're also unhappy. We've I'm going to skip through this because it's mainly about mental health. We've talked about this on the previous episode. It's very very fucked. Uh, the only thing I wanted to read out to you is they have some like they did focus groups. Of course they did. Um, mm. And I wanted to read you one bit for one of the focus groups. Uh, this is woman thirty nine self employed Milton Keynes labor woman thirty nine. Step up now. Your time has come. <laughs> Agent forty seven's Wario. <laughs> it's hard because I feel I pander to my son and he seems to get weaker instead of stronger. What? Yeah, what, what we need is to, uh, to go back to the days of the Spartans. We should have left your son in the middle of a forest and if he could crawl his way back to you, then he's worthy of your attention. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so the the youth of today are also unmoored. They are not part of uh, communities and things and stuff. Uh, not the, the, because you wiped out the community. Imagine why. <laughs> Uh, the, the, apparently, the measure as to whether or not people are, convil- are, are um, involved in their communities is whether or not uh, young people. How many talk fascist to- rallies they've been on? <laughs> no, it's how often they trust to the, they talk to their neighbour, uh, or, or whether or not they trust them. Why okay. would why would a why would a child talk ne- talk to like a grown adult neighbour? Uh, young people today are three times as likely to mistrust their neighbour uh, or stop to talk to them as kids in nineteen ninety eight. I can't were. imagine. I can't imagine why that would be. Because, <laughs> because yeah. the neighbours posting in a sixteen thousand strong Facebook group about how either this is a stranger or definitely the child next door who has damaged my flowers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, for, for, for reasons I can't understand, and also I, I, you know, I, I had the, the nice big podcasting hammer to my brain again, so I've forgotten what happened in two thousand fifteen to two thousand nineteen. Uh, apparently, eighteen to twenty-four year olds don't want to volunteer and they don't participate in politics. I don't understand why that would be. Huh. <laughs> See, as 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 a former uh, eighteen to twenty four year old, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh well, we've all been there. Show off. <laughs> yeah, relatable. <laughs> but go on, share us your mystical insight, little wee one. Well, I was eighteen to twenty four in the period in question, Rob. So thank you very much. Okay, so did you talk to your neighbours like a good little boy while li- while it's holding okay, a big warby okay. top? It's okay, Alistair. In your little sailor to, outfit. He's just trying to treat you like you used to, like giving you the Look, authentic British experience. Rob, I know, I know you sent that to me, but I'm not going to wear it. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, so and, and, and even more surprisingly, look, this has got to really shock you. Did you know that even living in London doesn't automatically mean you have friends outside your ethnic or socioeconomic status? Like that, those are still tight, quite tightly bound groups. I, I, shocking material, I know. Um, but then, uh, and also, last thing, of course, because this is the Tory thing, um, they're they they're very worried about the rising gangs. Um, and but but compare and contrast this to their stated desire to have a um, national service, which, by the way, does involve uniforms. While many people, mm-hmm. young people, join gangs to chase status or as a shortcut to adulthood, others enjoy what psychologist Philip Zimbardo to adulthood. <laughs> they should just stop. They should stop giving gangs like the power of the time crystal, and then that wouldn't be a fucking concern, would it? <laughs> the the long lost ch- chapter of the Lord of the Rings was a shortcut to adulthood. Yes. Um, Others enjoy what psychologist Philip Zimbardo calls de-individuation, a process, a, of feeling, <laughs> a process of feeling strength and liberation from being part of a mob or group, often while wearing the same clothes. Now bear in mind, that is bad. National service. <laughs> <laughs> Unironically good. <laughs> um... There is a silver lining, though, according to to the report. Um, you young people do want to belong to something somewhere. They do want communities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and they do some polling as to like what they want and what they don't want. The highest scoring is like weekly club activities. Fortunately, we cut all the funding for the club, so you know, womp womp yeah. on that one. Um, but the lowest scoring is, of course, the thing that's on the increase everywhere, which is advice and support online slash by phone, i.e., you know, the online. Uh, um, 
psychiatry book that tells you to kill yourself if you have eating disorders, as did yeah. happen. You know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So, um, we having established that the uh, young people are unemployed, have bad mental health, and lack community spirit, uh, we can resolve all this with one th in one fell swoop through national service. Um, they do this by basically saying that, like, look, we can't get conscription back, which is what I sense they really want. Um, but they do feel that, like, people want to, to, to bring it back. Uh, like, and, and they they start, the first thing they start talking about is, like, the good things that, like, conscription did for people. Uh, this is from the introduction to this bit, basically. National service, in some sea cases... continental Europe. <laughs> uh, yeah try the fries in flanders or something else um, <laughs> national service in some cases accelerated the affirmation of the citizen in a democracy in a quid pro quo arrangement temporary soldiers became stakeholders of the democratic polity which paved <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it gets, it gets better. It gets better. Uh, uh, which paved the way for the extension of the franchise to last swathes of the male population. <laughs> I mean, there, there was in fact a film about this. <laughs> oh. I just love the fucking diseased brain that can look at Israel and go, yeah, there's a solution to a problem we've got. <laughs> oh, thank you for bringing that up, James. Um, data from Israel highlights oh. similarly... <laughs> Data from Israel highlights similarly positive impacts. Israeli discharged servicemen tend to be more tolerant than high school students, the control group, towards people of different cultural or ethnic backgrounds. Uh, which ones? Mm. Which it's ones? Easy to, it's easy to be tolerant of someone when you've had their, your boot on their neck. Like, that's for you. Like, fucking hell. Um, they also, you know, that, but that's the international examples. They also cite some, some homegrown work. Uh, David, you'll like this. A qualitative study of the impact of military service or mental health of older UK veterans found that British veterans dealt better with workplace stress and trauma, with veterans reporting higher levels of confidence and resilience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know why. It's because none of them have any problem telling some dickhead manager to just shut the fuck up, and they will just shut the fuck up because they've been never been told that in their life. Like that's that's how that works. They just say that shit and get away with it. That's why they're so confident. Uh, well, thanks. As one veteran inside in the report puts it, we just I just got on with things really. Combat yeah. being in the military because he's told his boss to, to fuck off and he's not been micromanaged anymore because <laughs> it's too much hassle. No, no, it's it's the other thing. Being in the military, you had to have a certain amount of discipline. That sort of uh -huh. attitude developed a positive defense to dealing with anything that came up. Yeah, that's code for fuck off. That's all that is. These are people who just don't put up with dickheads they feel are below their station. And anyone who's ever met a middle manager will know that they are absolutely below the station of any other human being. They're barely human life forms. Uh, yeah. So they go on to cite some other programs like the Swiss Civilian Service, the German Voluntary Social Year, AmeriCorps, which is, I think, like a CIA front, basically. Uh, and then they get to... Run <laughs> Just slip that one in there, you know? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> um, and like, then they I get to... to play to stereotype, but it is. So, yes, carry on. Uh, <laughs> And then, of course, they get to the one I mentioned before, the one they really, really love, which is... Yeah, um, the Death by Snoo Snoo branch. 
Yes, the, <laughs> the, that's my solution. The, the brand new French uh, Service National Universel or SNU or SNU, um, which weirdly enough was founded right at right after the end of conscription and in response to the uh, terror attacks in Paris of that year, uh, where Macron uh -huh. argued that national services would play an essential part in ensuring every young person in in France has the opportunity to meet uh, their fellow citizens, engage in social mixing and Republican cohesion over the course of a month. <laughs> so I wonder what that's, you know, code for. Hmm. See, the one good thing about this is if they armed all the kids, then uh, maybe maybe, maybe things would just weirdly get better after, after a time. Mostly, hilariously, like in, in, in France, the, the people who were most opposed to this, like, the, the, to the death by Snoo Snoo, uh, was the military, because they were like, oh no, we can't be bothered to, like, train some fucking young people. We want to, you know, be off assassinating African presidents. Yeah. Is this because they didn't have, like, private security that would actually still turn up to guard the offices of shit magazines? Yeah. Um, so. They then go on to describe the French thing in detail. I really won't bore you because it's very long, um, except for this little bit. Uh, so uh, during your, your stint in the Snoo Snoo, um, <laughs> it, you have a two-week mandatory uh, Snoo Center trip. Uh, think boarding schools, disused summer camps, you know, other locations of, of horror movies. Um, you tell him he can't Snoo anymore. Uh, where, where A, you need to wear a uniform, uh, a shirt and cap with, with logos on it, and you're not allowed to use your uh, phone outside mandated times, but they do uh, present a schedule for an average day in phase one. Would you like oh, to hear? Yes. This is yes, I am so here for this, Rob. Let's go. So this is the thing they almost word for word want in, in the UK as well. This is their, their base model. Uh, between 8 and 8.15 a.m., flag-raising ceremony. Yes! It does yes! not take 15 minutes to put a fucking flag up. <laughs> well, it depends yeah, if, if, you're, if you're treating yourself. Be more, be more ceremonial about it. Yeah, no, yeah. They've, got, they've got to play there's only, or something. There's only one time in history that a flag took longer than a few seconds to put up, and it was good, and that was on the fucking Reichstag. Yes. <laughs> um... 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. Sports. 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Sports. <laughs> also sports. <laughs> why, not just have that? why is that not one block? Fucking what? double P. I hate double P. Yeah, uh, question. <laughs> question, where's breakfast? Uh, presumably before the flag raising. Yeah, so no, no, so yeah Revali is going to be 6 o'clock, guaranteed. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, twelve thirty, uh, twelve thirty p.m. to two thirty p.m. Fag break. <laughs> Pretty much yeah. because uh, two thirty p.m. to six thirty p.m. activities. Enforced six fun, yes. Uh, no, they they like it's like uh, uh, you have to like go in the uh, you know I'm, look, go I'm into the community and help like rebuild the community center or like look Wait, at the park. Hold on, okay. Rob. They're expecting people in their fucking twenties to put up with this shit. Uh, this is, I think, 16 to 18. Oh, right, still, okay. Uh, but still, they, don't they, worry they about will it. put up with this shit. I'm sorry, but they will. I've seen it. <laughs> I've done it. But don't worry about it. Between 6.30 and 7pm, you have free time. Um, but then... Wow. <laughs> dinner. Uh, uh, but then dinner. And then between 8.30 and 9.30pm, you have internal democracy, brackets, a moment to reflect on the day and discuss current events slash news. 
What? That has to be the most heavily moderated discussion section. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> no way that's just like get together and talk about the day's activities. That's the sergeant or whoever fucking will be doing this shit will talk to you about the day's activities and inform you on how you should be thinking about them. Yeah, and also like what the problem is with uh, <laughs> fifty-minute cities, basically. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you like, do not give a group that age that kind of time for that purpose and have it not be monitored. Like, you, I love you would not do that. That would be mad unless you are trying to build some sort of insurrection against the shit system that you built. Rob, what time's bedtime? Uh, give me what I had that as well. Uh. There's 9.30 to 10.30 is free time again, so I assume that 10.30 is bedtime and then wake up at 6, 6.30 uh, and then have yeah, breakfast, like, raise the flag again, and so on and so this forth. Is, this is anti-science, which is no surprise, but it's there's like... No, there's no time to put down the flag. We're <laughs> <laughs> just perpetually raising it higher and higher, Alistair. No, like... That's this just is, a this is, task with the flag yeah. bridging the turns of the bottom every day. <laughs> But like this is this is very anti-science because kids in that age range are meant to a get up later like the, the circadian rhythms are just set to no one quite knows why but it's just it's been observed scientifically and they're also meant to sleep like nine to ten hours like at that age they're just required to that's what their their brains need um, no so no because that that means they don't learn grit uh huh like yeah this is this is just grit not... range indication type of file yeah. Uh, there are even even the report adds it though there are a few teeny tiny problems with all of this though uh, oh, because a few. It, uh, uh, um, uh, <laughs> apparently this is not quite as mandatory as the French make it out to be because a third of all the of the of all the young participants um, come from families that are in the armed forces or the police already. Uh huh. So and by and, and two thirds of them already had like excellent school results anyway and are just using this as like. You know, sixteen-year-old CV builder. Cult. Oh, it's Duke of Edinburgh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. it's, yeah. It's, it's boys. Uh, it's a, a, Duke a humongous of bunch shit. of dweebs doing the most annoying shit you can imagine. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. uh, and only four percent of French young people actually participate, and they wanted to make it big and national, but it uh, turns out that when everybody got that angry about the pension reforms, they just dropped this whole business. Uh, and it's probably also <laughs> too expensive for them to roll it out anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, the other it's thing, It's interesting it? that they managed to sell this as something that would be worth doing for a CV and stuff and actually being vaguely to some degree successful. Like, 4% still quite a lot, especially population the size of France. But, um, like, with the cadets in Britain fully had to just start doing Duke of Edinburgh as part of cadets when I yeah. was in because the cadets was worthless on a CV and the only yeah. thing people recognise is D of E. But at the same time, that means everyone's got D of E and you just get fucking, what if Tony Blair said everyone should get a degree? Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, like, presumably this this would require things and people mm -hmm. to be paid for by yep. some means of the government doing something. Oh, why don't they? They could not do. They don't have to do it as pay. I mean, if it's Britain, you could just do it as some sort of um, volunteer agreement and give them some form of remuneration instead. It yes, still gets pretty taxed much. To national insurance, by the way, because because they they do frequently cite that like in all these different schemes they looked at, one of the things that the employers really liked is that the payment rates were like super low. You know, but they basically yeah. had had like a, a a workforce. You know. Yeah. 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 It's work fair, but they've all come with a, a pre-issued uniform. Question: What uh, if the kids? What if the kids refuse? 
Oh, then they just don't turn up. It's even like it's really funny because like they looked at like the, the the Swiss system, which is probably like the most tightly run and well known of these things. You know, like it's the Swiss national service is nothing new to anybody. Um, and like even there, like they you know they they couldn't make it work for like people who didn't want to go. Even this country can't like fine or imprison people who don't want to go. Like they only handed out like a hundred fines, which were like low enough that it basically doesn't matter to the people who just really don't want to go. Problem solved, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but but the incredible thing is, and this is also in the report, and this is like what I find kind of baffling, because like you should, you know, if you're trying to pitch this thing, maybe you shouldn't include like the litany of failures that have gone before. So like, um, none of this is due to Britain. Uh, this is all from the report itself. Um, Blair in 1999 introduces the Young Volunteer Challenge and the Millennium Volunteers, none of which was ever oh, heard yeah. from again. Oh, yeah, um, I remember the Malian volunteer thing. It sunk without a trace pretty much instantly. It was really astonishing. Was that was that also like clean for the queen, but like clean for the aliens oh, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah you, get, was, you get to work. You get to work on whatever the fuck was going to be in the Millennium Dome. That's what that was. Yeah, you get to yeah, see the was, boy. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there was a strong element of that, but they, they basically had no idea what they wanted to do with it. So it's like, okay, we've announced this thing, great, yeah, and then nothing happened. Like, I think, yeah, Gordon I think Brown in, in two thousand nine stuff. Sorry, Gordon Brown, uh, then in 2009, did the exact same thing in writing in the news of the world, dice blast from the past, um, mm. that all young people should do 50 hours of volunteer time by the time they're 19, which was followed by some underfunded pilots under at balls. Fuck you, at balls. Um, it, <laughs> that also sank without a trace. And then David Cameron in 2012 reintroduced once again the National Citizen, Ser Citizen Service for 16-year-olds. Oh, yeah. Stop me if this sounds familiar. One week at a camp, one week of uh, volunteer community service, one week of social action design, and then 30 hours to do things. What is and social action design? This is not a phrase that I'm familiar uh, with. Sad. It terrifies me. <laughs> yeah, it's just one week of feeling sad, basically. This is how we got to those Only one week. Of mental health that must be nice. <laughs> yeah, get it all out of the way in one go. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, at least this is according to the reports, I have no idea. Eight hundred thousand people have done this, which which is, you know, that uh, this podcast is asking, where are they now? Yeah, <laughs> that guarantees it was done through schools in some way, shape, or form, and they yeah. all way overreported the success of it. Yeah, yeah, but but don't worry about it because like uh, they had some some fucking consultancy crank some numbers on it. Every pound invested on the national citizen service returns up to eight pound thirty six in social value by improving well being and higher <laughs> education outcomes for participants. So don't worry uh -huh. about wow. it, citizen. Your your contribution is monetarily valued. I mean, like, I feel I feel like this is probably a lie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think when they say social value, they mean like fucking money saved on wages at the Amazon warehouse. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, this is a. I'm trying to remember what it was. This is like the thing when we did the 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 um the whale bonds for the for the Patreon, and they said, yeah, part of the val <laughs> valuation was like the the tourism gains from whale watching. It sounds like that basically. Um. There, there were even, and again, I don't understand why you put this in the report if you're trying to sell it. Uh, there were a few tiny problems also with this scheme. Um, it did swallow up 85% uh, of the entire youth budget of uh, media, culture, and sports. So, you know, if you're wondering oh. why all the, all the tracks close and the football pitch is closed, it's because they funneled it into this piece of shit. Um, mm. 
and uh, by 2020, it was supposed to run uh, 300,000 volunteers every year. Uh, at its absolute peak, uh, it got about 90,000. Uh, well, which thanks, is about, yeah. thanks, David Cameron. <laughs> and uh, and even better, my, my friends dropped by. Uh, the National Audit Office uh, did a report on them. <laughs> I almost read it just, you know, just to hug it close to me. Uh, an NA 2017 NEL report highlighted, highlighted that cost control had not been prioritized by the uh, National uh, Citizen Service Trust. Providers, who, i.e. private providers, who received 83% of the spending also failed to often meet their participation targets i.e the real money wasn't in like doing anything for young people the real money was in you know renting out a butlins in the off season to to this shit and who cares yeah, like, if anybody I, shows up yeah like i'm getting the, the strong feeling for all of this but there's really two goals for it goal number one is if we can swing it some like really cheap labor for like companies to just like throw spare hands at stuff but goal number two of a real one is just to funny funnel money out of like the youth budget out of like you know you know doing stuff for kids and just put it straight into private hands by whatever means we can and this is a fig leaf for it yeah i mean 100 percent. so um but shockingly again like i said they've done a bunch of polling they have found asked the right questions and they found that a lot of the british public does want it but not even the british want it to be mandatory though like no, you can't even get the british public to get into like mandatory civil so like uh, a youth civil service um <laughs> while while respondents do not want a fully militarized scheme they would like a national service to include some military elements and uh, would you believe in a shock twist that it's only the 65 year, uh, 65 and older who would like it more the more military it gets? Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm going to skip over all the polling because it's many pages, very boring. Um, I just wanted to read you again. They've included specific lines from, from the focus groups. Uh, which <laughs> oh boy this is this is this is going to be like the most pure strain insane gb news daily mail slash express reader comment so section think, ass shit you've ever heard reading this back i think we've met we've met this one before this is again woman 39 self-employed milton Keynes labor to undecided she of mm -hmm. the you know i keep pandering to my son and he keeps being a little piece of shit um <laughs> <laughs> quote i think it would be helpful yes it would make the weaker people stronger and bring those who are over aggressive into line uh, sure uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, man 34 health and safety officer man 34, uh -huh. yeah <laughs> it'll comment it'll get them into the countryside and out of their comfort zone people need to <laughs> Oh, sorry. I just uh, send them to the countryside just has a different meaning to me. Sorry. I know yeah. it has a much more positive meaning to me, but I'm just quite <laughs> singular. Look, un unless unless you have ever seen a cow turd in person, you've never really lived, young one. Off ah, the James, people need to realize the world is a very large place, and they need to get experiences out of it. Experience maketh the man. <laughs> Oh fuck off! Well, I mean, David, off. you were just saying that you you uh, you went out to the countryside uh, and you went out of your co uh, your comfort zone. Uh, has yeah. it has now it I'm making so... you a man? 
<laughs> no, I'm sore now. If anything, it's broken me as a man. Oh, this is a uh, 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 man thirty-four health and safety uh, officer again. It's <laughs> a very limited quote, war for modest. It's worth doing, to my mind. I spent some time in the military, and if I hadn't, I uh -huh. think I'd have ended up in prison. Basic training gives you respect, determination, <laughs> so and a lot of life skills. Oh my god! <laughs> I was housebroken by the military, and you can too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just so then they, off. then they get to like. <laughs> if I hadn't uh, joined the military, I could have ended up in prison. Whereas now, I just can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Every night when I close my eyes, I hear the screams of Iraqi children, and I am fine. Um, <laughs> so, what should it look like? So, this is the last big bit of the uh, report. Uh, they ha it's a series of recommendations. Uh, the first mm -hmm. recommendation is build a Great British National Surface. Do it wow. now. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's that's not left field. Odd. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Great British National Service should focus on the three challenges outlined in the opening of this main topic: um, unskilled, developing, developing soft skill and character to support young people to enter the workplace through sport, interactive learning, and social action projects. Oh, Unhappy. Increase mental resilience and tackling loneliness by giving young people a sense of purpose, increasing grit, and exposing them to managed risk. We this, cannot yeah, allow just... a grit gap. <laughs> <laughs> That's all this is, though. Increasing mental resilience just means making people more all right with the fucking misery of daily life. There's not been proven yep. anything. Have they tried just giving now, them uh, cognitive behavioural therapy out of it? I hear that uh, that makes people just yeah. deal with shit rather than dealing with the actual problems. CBT probably will be a part of this, at least unofficially. Have young people considered taking a warm bath when they're feeling unmoored and unhappy? Uh, mm. uh, unmoored. Building a stronger sense of, of belonging by supporting new relationships and providing opportunities for work in the community i.e., you know, get together with strangers from across the land and do, you know, work that the council can no longer pay the uh, the park service to do. I'm guessing what that's yeah. going to say. Oh, my of, God. Uh, join join the National Citizen Service and you too can wipe the asses of old people for zero pounds an hour. Yeah. I mean, that is part of what the, the deal with Switzerland, yeah. Um, that big fence outside BA systems won't paint itself. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could imagine like the nearest like circle contract officer just leaning against a tree with a piece of straw in his mouth going well this is a job well done <laughs> uh but fortunately we don't have to like actually um um like make a whole new institution out of it we can just like rebrand re the national citizen service you know that thing that sucks uh, and in a callback to the to, to the last Patreon episode, uh, we can also make use of leveling up funding. So you know, don't worry, the money's in place. Um, Excellent. Yeah, the money's somewhere. Whether whether or not it's going to go into this, uh, we just have to pick pick the right hat that it's under. Good luck. Right. So now that now that we've established it, how do we get people to turn up? What what do you think is the answer here? Gun pay what? them. No. Of course not. Is Sorry, it? Jamie. Is it? Is it handing out gold stars from WHC? What? Why? Why are you calling me Jamie tonight, Rob? What I don't know. Is why I'm doing this. Now. I'm very sorry. I don't even have a sooty like thing on my hand. I don't. I don't get how you're. I mean, 
God. <laughs> Sorry, James. I will. I will try. I will try to be better. Um, now, the way we uh, uh, should should make sure that uh, kids do this instead of you know not do this is it should be an opt out system. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I love this idea like ah right you're, you're here to go on your thing because you forgot to opt out of it and like that's going to work yeah do you know what i can i can just imagine if this had been me and like you know you arrive at the fucking weird camp and you're at like the the flag raising ceremony on the first day and someone says well none, none of you opted out of this and then me just immediately throwing the entire shit that we're doing on the floor and leaving once I realised I didn't have to be there if I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Alistair, have you considered well, I, that if we made it opt-in instead, they'd have to spend more money on recruitment and this is cheaper? This If you're an organ donor, you're opted into this. We didn't um, even and do also the flag the... reasons said a minute when I was in the fucking cadets. <laughs> uh, but yeah basically the other problem is like if you make it opt-in instead of opt-out uh, if if it's opt-in then once again it'll only be the briefcase nerds and the CV polishers and not you know the disgusting poor people who really need to kick up their ass according to this report and uh, you know if you don't have that kind of like right class mix uh, we would not have a shared ritual and then of course they go on to cite David Lammy uh, fucking you know uh Labour front, ben Labour front bencher David Lammy made this case in his book Tribes, arguing that, and again, this is Labour, oh. without compulsion, there is no obligation, and without obligation, <laughs> there is no duty. What? <laughs> the whole notion what? of a civic service is founded upon the perception that a nation is made up of independent but interdependent citizens who have a duty to one another. None of the people who go to Eton will be doing this. Fuck off. Oh, no, of course not. Oh, God, like, no. So, sorry. Like, there's, there's going to be no actual serious mixing. It's all about getting the proles to step in line. Fuck off. Just... I genuinely uh, think that they would be able to achieve so much more than just by, just by straight up abolishing private schools. Like, that would improve so much more than this, like, right, tedious, down-around-the-houses bullshit. Abolish private schools reinstitute like actual nationalized schooling like actually it's, it's falling apart but reinstitute it and build community centers for kids and give them actual activities yeah, give the and... fuckers something to do for fuck's yeah. sake like not what? not some weird flag raising multi-phase bullshit where they have to like do multiple different kinds of sport for some reason give them it's... something to do of the, out of their own choice and volition not but the problem we've got, right, is they can't they can't actually institute like community centers and all the rest of it because getting kids together in groups and building like actual team skills, like you know, like just being able to socialize with other people, like having discussions, considering points of view, that inevitably leads to the kids going, Oh, you know, we, we can actually do stuff together and by the way, we all seem to be incredibly fucked as a class. And so it's a, it's essential as we have a system that basically parasitizes young that we keep them like without any kind of power and any ability to organize. So we, I'm sorry, we can't build community centers because that might risk another kind of Corbyn-esque moment where the youth all go, hey, this is shit. Maybe we should band together and not take it anymore. Help, help. The scouts are unionizing. <laughs> um, however, it is... I'm sorry, I'm still not funny. over that fucking David Lammy quote. That's, I know. That's fucking <laughs> without compulsion, fucking... there is no obligation <laughs> Robert Heinlein really fell off. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, however, it's really funny because again, this is supposed to be making the case in favor of a, a national renewed of GB uh, GB snoo snoo. Um, is but they even they admit they don't have a fucking clue as to how to enforce uh, uh, an opt out system. They don't know how to do it because, like I said, not even the Swiss can make the mandatory service thing stick. Um, no. But of course, there's an even bigger problem um, if it was uh, uh, like. If, if it is opt-out like they want, you might have like up to 750,000 people participating in every year and no, nobody has the idea of where the money or the logistics are going to yeah. come from. The only thing worse than no one doing this is, is anyone doing this. <laughs> no, they just want some people to do it, you know, like... like yeah, we just, we, just, we just want some like non-zero number of people to do this just so that we can say that we have like embolden their ability to participate in a democracy or some bullshit and like you can just paste that on a fucking flyer when you're out canvassing for the Tories or whatever the fuck like <laughs> I mean basically they want whatever target group the Daily Mail has in mind today to be in the you know GB snoo snoo that's like you know that's that's sort yeah, of it's how a, it goes a fucking a fucking great idea to have a front a Daily Mail front page that just reads uh, government working night and day to resolve gangs crisis or some bullshit and it's like yeah we've we've made like three classes of kids raise a flag for a week and then we've we've solved the problem yeah but they they dust their hands comically this is an incredible uh, line from the report so the government must aim for the highest level of participation and reduce selection bias while also avoiding the hard edges of compulsion and managing the operational challenges of a large-scale program and then they comically walk out the door <laughs> like that's <laughs> <laughs> the only way they could like think that this is going to work is uh just let the schools do it just fuck it just 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 something else for a teacher to do. Why not? You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, great. that was something the cadets was sliding to around about the time of my, my leaving. Um mm. that, that was something they were getting more and more into the idea of doing and was getting involved in schools. And it was partly because the numbers were not fucking rising the way they were wanting them to, so we're easier to fucking pick up kids than the school. Um but the <laughs> That's a, the, some uh, connotations to that kind of language. It's yeah. <laughs> a youth organization so many, in Britain. So many cadet recruiters no longer allowed within two hundred feet of any school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean like I was I was forced to be in the scouts when I was a teenager. Fucking hated every second of it. And like my general attitude towards these kind of that groups is fucking ban them. Anything that is like built around a kind of nationalistic like identity um, is straight up indoctrination and shouldn't be used as like a structured activity for kids. Give them. Team I sports. fundamentally disagree. However, I'm only in support of it if it's in a Soviet Union of some kind, in which case national service is actually very good. The problem is it's entirely dependent on what national it is you're talking about. Like, so what? what yeah, it's like indoctrination to our ideology is good. I'll have you know. Yeah, it is when it's Soviet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, like, um, <laughs> but even with like an opt-out program instead, uh, Onward does estimate that um, by 2030, when all the facilities and logistics are ready, I'm sure, um, is uh, they would have 600,000 participants every single year. Fuck Imagine off. how many like Butlins prison camps you would have to build oh. to get these people in. 
Fuck, oh. I just strained my arm doing the jerk-off motion. God damn it. You don't need to even do that. Though. Like, the, the, oh, the facilities basically exist already in the form of shitty, run-down fucking transit camps that the, the army has. Like, there's loads of them. They're all over the fucking place. Look, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm every gonna, time look, we talk about guys, like, migration and people being locked up in like facilities like film army camps, you tell us that they're yeah. unlivable death holes. Yeah, guys, but not for children. I'm oh, going to reach okay, across yeah, the, the political one. divide. I'm going to reach across the political divide. The compromise position is sending the kids to the prison barge. <laughs> like, cool. one of the places I, I... that I stayed in for, for, for two fucking weeks was... Oh, where you got black lung that or whatever. Was... No, thankfully not. But um, it was a place that was a uh, former prisoner of war camp that... Oh. Uh, what was the Nazi that flew over? Was it Hess? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was held prisoner in that same camp in those same buildings that I fucking slept in <laughs> like <laughs> for two weeks. There's history these in these places walls. still exist. Oh god. <laughs> just uh, fucked. So yeah, like like and if you're wondering how it looks like, again, they just copy from the French designs so like two weeks of a residential thing, uh, with structured activities where like you go hiking, uh, you do some orienteering, as well as quote, first aid exercises with firefighters, which I'm sure that the uh they, that the firefighters union would love. As well yeah. as and this is incredible Actually, by the uh, unironically, the firefighters um, are generally in favour of doing like things like first aid, yeah, yeah, but you know, etc. It's like the one. I mean, I'm not giving shit on. I'm not shitting on firefighters, but you know, or uh, yeah, on the idea of giving people first aid staffed, underpaid, yeah. and far too fucking busy to be doing that shit as well. Like that's something that they shouldn't have to do. It should just be a comprehensive part of school education. Yeah. And then you get to this bit, which is truly like magisterial. This is about how, like, how we, uh, you know, like, w like I said, one of the challenges is that young people don't feel connected to like their communities and the nation as a whole. So, just let's see if I can if I can get <laughs> yeah, through the whole I just, bit. I, I know, I know, we keep, we go on about it, and like, but it's only been forty years of trying to drive out anyone under the age of twenty five from every city centre and anyone who's even who even owns a fucking hoodie. Yeah. Like, is anyone under thirty now, Alistair? Like, you know, it's I know, been I know. it's like it's like fucking challenge twenty five. As I've gotten older, that challenge has gotten older. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Activities um so this is to fix the, the gap in citizenship, basically. Um, activities would also be offered to build a sense of citizenship and social responsibility. Evidence suggests that classroom-based learning is ineffective compared with interactive learning. Therefore, this is fucking incredible. Activities could include sessions with public officials in their workplace, e.g. Uh, council leaders in their town halls. You could go to the local fucking council and see them debate, you know, which council housing to sell off to some property developer cunt. Or which trees to fucking cut down in, front in your fucking street. My god, make 16-year-olds spend time around British councillors. I can't yes. see a problem just, with this. Just set, just set a fucking gaggle of kids loose in a magistrate's court. Like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Like, they're just climbing up the fucking walls. <laughs> Dispense justice now, bitch. I mean, I agree that, like, we should expose more people to the inner workings of, like, local councils, because then we might get the violent revolution we've all been praying for. Yeah, and also kids could learn through simulations and role-playing games, which is just like, <laughs> what if you did model UN? No, no, it's uh, get get the kids in the VR lobby. 
Um, we I one of the biggest be avoiding transing our kids here, Alistair. Yeah, so so like uh, we we would do uh, you know all of that, and then afterwards there would be six months of social action, which they say would be the equivalent of a Duke of Edinburgh silver medal. I don't know what that is, so I assume that's uh, it's for, like as David was saying earlier. Duke of Edinburgh is basically this award certification to show that you're a good little worker bee, basically, uh, and it's at different okay. levels. So. So social action can improve soft skills with one study finding an increase in grit up 6% from the control group. <laughs> the children are more gritty. Grit? What? They, they, how did, sorry, right. Yeah, how this is, did once again, the Jubilee that? Center for uh, uh, Character and Virtue at the University just, of Birmingham. In what way? In what fucking way is that quantifiable? <laughs> <laughs> What, what they do is they murder their family and then leave them for dead in a shallow grave and see if they dig themselves out and go on a revenge spree and how quickly they're able to take down the black cat wearing villain determines their grit levels. Like, Yeah, but you also get uh, an 8% improvement in empathy and a whopping 9% improvement score in cooperation. Wow, with so... numbers like that, you can't argue against it. <laughs> Imagine being just such a that's fucking like you know bitch made idiot that you just <laughs> listen to these statistics and take them at all seriously. Like oh wow, grit has increased by six percent. That's very impressive. Just like what a fucking loser. Imagine imagine being the kid filling out the fucking like form at the end where it says on a scale of one to ten, how gritty do you feel now? And putting like anything more than like fuck you. The existence of Gritty, the mascot, would skew it, unfortunately, so it has to be done in a more objective fashion. So, yeah, I mean, the, later on, they do recognize that, like, these six months of social actions, it's going to be quite difficult, because, like, this government and previous governments has destroyed the social fabric and a lot of, like, the local organizations that might, like, actually be able to use the volunteers in the way they should be, so, like, they... They do acknowledge that. One of the biggest logistical challenges in uh, the social action phase will be the matching of 600,000 annual participants with social action projects. I mean, that that's very true. Then, however, they do go on to uh, say a significant portion of, of these uh, projects uh, might be matched with large national organizations that have the capacity to all coordinate for themselves, like St. John's Ambulance, fine, whatever, or the Special Constabulary. Uh, yeah, fucking, uh, yeah, plastic PCs, that's what we need more of. Uh. Yeah. What if you had more kids become like like plastic cops? Yeah. They've Great. already got a police cadets. Police cadets is a thing that already exists. It, it's it's come one of on. the worst wankers you can ever imagine. Oh, absolutely he's, he's, is. He's, he's not like he's not he's not having you on Rob. Genuinely, it exists, and the people who go to it are like I, I can't even begin to describe the levels of stupid and malevolent that makes you a, a teenage kid who wants to go along and be part of the police cadets. Are they basically My all the kids out for revenge was... for like being shoved in a locker for being just? Too oh yeah, yeah. That is yeah. absolutely who it is. Yeah, it is people looking for a shortcut to move yeah. up to the point of being the bully. That's all yeah. it is. <laughs> oh, the, the, uh, dickhead yeah, to, the dickhead to adult bully pipeline is uh, yeah. is an underdeveloped. Cowards who don't society. want to put the work in. That's yes. that's what it really is. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fucking nepotism, right. is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but again, let me let me leave you on the note of some more incredibly spur spurious statistics. Um, 
again, it, it, this is, of course, what it's all about, apart from the benefits to employer, which is the, the, the other thing. Think of the financial benefits of all of this. The value for money for this investment, i.e. funding the uh, GB Snoo Snoo, uh, would, likely be, would likely be considerable. Studies by London Economics and by Jump X Symmetrica on... Oh, <laughs> I, lo- I, love it when the, I love it when those two go back to back. <laughs> Put it down to absolutely foul tunes, you know? Yeah. Found that the value for money for every pound spent on this service generated an economic benefit between two pounds thirty-three and three pounds forty-nine. That reduced- is hot. What the fuck? I am so sorry. Right, no, I'm fuck this. <laughs> isn't right, that like studies- isn't that like the upper air upper possibility for like some of the best government it's, programs? It's better. It's better than like you know like that. I think that outperforms food stamp spending, uh, which is horseshit. I'm so sorry. No, absolutely. <laughs> Like that is made. That is not just made up. That is just like someone has sat down and went. How do we just straight up lie about this in the most feminine way possible? Fuck them. No way. James, are you suggesting that Jump X Symmetrica may have done some numbers fucksteen? Because I find that very hard to believe. No, they, no, Rob. They haven't done numbers fucksteen. Like numbers fucksteen, they construct elaborate models to justify their lies. This is just straight up. Uh, you know how much? How much do you get in return if you like spend it on like social housing or like feeding hungry kids or you know school meals that kind of thing? Okay, well let's just do more than that because it has to look better than them. I mean, I, I the, just... the other cost, the other cost reduction or like economic benefit is way more bleak. Yeah, uh, but James, run... James, six percent more grit though. <laughs> yeah, six percent. Eight percent more empathy for every pound we spent. Look, if I was and that accumulates, a you know. If I was building a Pathfinder gunslinger character and you offered me 6% more grit, I wouldn't fucking take it. It would be a bad investment and a waste of a feat. So on that principle, this is bad government spending. Yeah, but you have to take it, it early because then it then it stacks. It stacks with other stat bonuses you can pick up. Ah, uh, in Pathfinder, it's like level agnostic. It actually applies retroactively, so no. Yeah, well, oh, they should have rip. considered that before writing this report, really, shouldn't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, not very, they're not very good nerds, frankly. Yeah, the the other uh, uh, one of the other main uh, benefits, financial benefits that they state is the incredibly bleak one. Uh, uh-huh. By doing uh, uh, national ch- service, reducing pressures on NHS mental health services alone would yield significant cost savings in twenty twenty two. In 2022, referrals to child and adult mental health services alone cost the NHS 2.9 billion. So, you know, if people yes. have 8% more grit, 6% more grit, I think, we yeah, can don't cut ever, at least don't, 6%. Don't ever egg that pudding, Rob. Fucking hell. What if one of like... them was beaten up by someone wearing, like, nine sleeping bags? What, what if that happened? Would they feel yeah. better now? <laughs> it's like... It, it, it's like, hey kid, you are seriously depressed because, I don't know, maybe you're trans or whatever, and, uh, like, you know, you're not getting any support in the community and no help, so how about we force you to go on a course um, with a bunch of total fucking assholes? Um, yeah, but you, you, you say like you're trans, but I think you need to be 6% grittier than you are right yeah, now, and then it, that'll solve all your problems. Do, do we honestly think they're going to need less mental health support at the end of this shit? No fucking way. Uh, but yeah, sorry, one last bit and then uh, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up. If you're asking how would we fund all this stuff up front, because we'd have to, you know, spend spend some money, and the suggestion they give, and this is how you know it's truly incredible, and like somebody's really wilded out on this one, um, they suggest, well, why don't we cut the triple lock on pension benefits? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, like, I mean, this is this is actually incredible because this is like this is this is a vehicle entirely designed to like cater to like that weird sector of the Tories that like have realised that uh, actually we need people who are younger than like sixty years old to become Tories. And just completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater and just decided that they're going to take, like, a dead aim at the head of a nearby pensioner purely so that the Daily Mail could run this as, like, an attack ad. Like, this is... Like, what planet are these fucking idiots on? It's, uh, maybe maybe we've missed it. Maybe they don't actually give a shit about any of the youth question. Maybe it's just like, hey, how can we break the triple lock on pensions? Well, pensioners really like national service. So how about we tell them, hey, listen, we're going to have to break the triple lock on pensions, but it's for a good reason to toughen <laughs> yeah. up the future youth. Much well, like... Yeah, we, we, much- in exchange for your pension, we are going to bully the shit out of your snot-nosed nephew. Much like Labour is the only one who could dismantle the NHS, the Tories are the only ones that could dismantle the triple lock. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I mean that's sort of in, in terms of just I'm going to wrap this up, like the, up the like the idea that you know it's this is the famous Milton Friedman things is like you, you build the ideas not for when they're needed but for when they're around when the crisis comes. It's like the idea of this paper and all this other horseshit. It isn't for right now. It's to be lying around for the next lot. And this shit, given how like relatively cheap it is and how flag covered it is, I can well see Team Starmer going for this. Like, it has all the, you know, discipline, well, punishment, sun, getting things yeah. ready for the labor market, you know, like, I all... Mean, you, all... You, you, you laid out earlier, Rob, that, like, fucking Blair and Brown went for it, so, yeah, of course we will. Yeah. And it also, like, it's a sort of perfect, like, Tory melt labor right policy, because, like, this is not in line with, you know, the 15-minute city psychos and the ULES weirdos and, like, that wing, or and, like, the migration psychos. This is that sort of you know we still want to help people but like preferably with a boot on their neck kind of kind of you know soft tory labor right policy because it doesn't require them to do anything hard at all it doesn't require them to like attack the economic and social structures that actually govern the country it just you know it it, it and once again it turns all of this um problems with ed- real problems existing problems in education in the job market in young youth mental health and frankly just turns it back into a personal problem because like you've been to boot camp now why are you still sad why don't you have a job did you not work enough at, hard enough at, at, at boot camp you know it's that kind of thing and of course and that's the other bonus because this is why i can also definitely see especially labor going for it with you know them being open for business etc this provides an endless opportunity for cheap labor and massive grifts like think you you know like you're you know you you, you know uh, uh you just go into business and and david you and i start buying up like these disused uh um prison of, of war camps and like if we know this is coming <laughs> and that we market it for like 17 times the value as a you know as a as a snoo snoo re-education center like oh, that I mean, if that's grip, gonna what? get me through the if that's gonna get me out of the draconian rent controls, etc. that Scott Gov are gonna put in, you know, guys, any day now, obviously. Guys, I've just been struck by the site. I've just got it. What we do is we buy up like large sections of Blackpool to better appeal to the British pensioner kind of aesthetic. Like send your kids Ooh. to camps at Blackpool where they can learn how to harden the fuck up. That's how we do it. That, that's that's the money winning move. And we also pitch it to the government, right, by saying we're going to reinvigorate the local Blackpool economy. And, uh, you know, we write a proposal. Oh, we can get that, level, that sweet, sweet levelling up funding. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, 
podcasting this praxis we will make everything worse in blackpool let's do it yeah it's like on the one hand you'll have the big ai university and then uh -huh. in the lot next to it you have the praxis cast re-education snooze snooze center yes it feels kind of incongruous though with the long-term mission of this podcast to finally reinstate the the dream of the the james spader cum cafe <laughs> well no that's by reinvigorating the local community you create the demand for there to be additional cum cafes ah. at which point you then can build one so yeah it'll, see, it will exactly. put it in as a footnote in the proposal sorry yeah, yeah, if, if you, you build it they will come <laughs> <laughs> fuck off can we end this <laughs> Right, so if you want to get in on the ground floor of all this, you need to join our Praction and our we Discord, don't. and then soon, like, <laughs> we will open the Praxiscast uh, uh, DAO, and then we'll issue our own Bitcoin, and from there on, it'll be free money, baby. Yeah, um, it is mandatory, but if you don't show up, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that'll do that, and uh, I think we have to round off some uh, delightful comment or commentary at so, uh, yes. Jamie, it's all yours. Yeah. Right. Does anyone seriously expect this to be enforced when almost every day I smell cannabis from houses and passing cars? If the police don't bother about a Class B drug, why will they care about this Class C one? I can't say I've ever seen anyone using laughing gas, but the stench of cannabis everywhere is horrible. Brackets. I'm not bothered by what others choose to do, as long as I don't have to smell it. Is that comment or commentary? Comment. Comment. Yeah, comment. comment. definitely. Comment. Yeah, that's comment. Yeah, that was a comment on BBC News. <laughs> right. Our hero has somehow become the modern age in arms. A centrist dad with a sidearm. He frets over articles about gut health in the new scientist and disdains big corporations for their supposed use of child sweatshops. His casual lover, unseen and conveniently relaxed about his extracurricular sexual adventures, is an immigration lawyer. He muses in terms that sound suspiciously like a Nick Cohen column about how the far right, which here means anyone to the right of Tony Blair, is identical to the far left, i.e. anyone to the left of Tony Blair. In a Budapest hotel, he opts for a healthy continental breakfast instead of a full English, like a middle-aged husband trying to shed some excess pounds before a family holiday. Comment or commentariat? Charles It's commentariat because it references Charles Corrin. Doesn't I thought it was Nick Collins. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, commentary. Uh, yeah, it. commentary. Yeah. For a bonus point, does anyone want to ask, want to guess which hero they're talking about? Uh, uh, the the hero voter of the next Labour general election campaign. Uh, uh, no. Richard Littlejohn? No, that was, um, that was Neil Gooch in The Spectator talking about the latest <laughs> James Bond novel. <laughs> I love that bit about how he opts for a, a continental breakfast instead of a full English. Like, we all famously know James Bond loves a fucking full English. <laughs> yeah, and a builder's tea. I just love the yeah. idea of, like, James Bond sprinting up the scaffolding to, like, chase the fucking parkour, like, bomber across it. And he's having to stop and wheeze every few minutes because he's, like, you know, just near a coronary from all the English breakfasts he's having. Just, just, just yeah, yeah, vomiting, yeah, vomiting up beans just everywhere while they're in the middle of James. Sugar, <laughs> right. <not> sweetened. <laughs> <laughs> if only I wasn't renowned for the amount of English breakfasts I eat. <laughs> right. The notion of drinking red wine at room temperature 
dates from a time when that room was in a drafty old castle in Burgundy and no warmer than 16 or 17 degrees C, which was the maximum temperature your wine eventually rose to after coming up from the 11 or 12 C of your cellar. But a central heating caught on and the average room heat went up to a steamy 21 or 22 C. That started being the temperature people believed they should drink red wine at when it is actually far too warm. Even the great reds taste cheap and lazy, almost mulled at that temperature. The knock-on effect of all the central heating, of course, and the fossil fuel it burns, is that the world itself is now boiling to death, climate change is rewriting the world wine map, harvests are failing, and many of the great chateaux are on the brink of disaster. So the lesson for wine lovers in 2023 is not that you should start chilling your wine, but that you should stop overheating your houses. Is that comment or commentaria? That is commentaria, um, a special article in the Times by His Majesty King Charles. I, my brain just latched on to us talking about John Goodman in Community earlier and the room temperature room. <laughs> and, like, the, that, the room temperature room is the only room that you can drink red wine in, I assume. I'm going to say commentaria. It, is, is this me? Is this my blog? Because I feel incredibly <laughs> fake right now. <laughs> I, I was going to ask. I was going to ask if you agreed with it. Like, I, I it's not that I don't not agree. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you, you heard it here first. Uh, Rob agrees with Giles Corrin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was an expertly laid trap right there. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go into a. I'm gonna go into. A and room Rob just stumbled room. onto the scene and got oh delicious moe. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go into a room temperature room and close the door with like a bottle of whiskey and a gun. Now, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, final one. Enjoy the sunshine. Drink plenty of water and use sunscreen. If you get too hot, go in the shade or cool off in some water. That's all the BBC needs to say. The human body does not spontaneously combust after it reaches 30 degrees C. Most parts of Europe happily enjoy weeks of temperatures in exceeding 30C every summer. Older people are far more likely to ha- suffer ill health due to the BBC scaring them witless. Is that comment or commentary? That is comment. Comment. Uh, no, that's commentary. Commentary, yeah, that's going to be like, like we'll join in the mail. That feels like a mail article. It was a comment on BBC News. No, that's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was another oh. uh, delightful episode of podcasting. Is uh, is praxis? Uh, th- thank you for your service as a listener. Um, <laughs> and, and service uh, guarantees do do citizenship. So uh, keep tuning in. Yeah. Yeah. The service yeah. is uh, going to patreon.com forward slash praxiscast and subscribing to us. That guarantees you citizenship in the Discord. Um, so yeah, uh, don't, do don't, don't no voting rights. We should strictly say that that is not a de- democratic. <laughs> oh, yeah. society. We didn't define citizenship. Um, twitch.tv forward slash practicecast Wednesday and Thursday evenings that's for the streams and uh, merch available at practicecast.tbl.com and yeah we will see you all at some point soon yeah thanks yeah. Oh, bye bye <laughs> bye see ya <laughs>